Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Opa Ghost. I'm Heaven. And I'm Jonathan. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, my favorite time of the year. It's a very spooky holiday. <laughs> it is, actually. It really is. We're just doing a little Christmas mini bonus for you guys today. No full episode this week because... It's Christmas. Yeah. Literally, today is Christmas. Merry Christmas, everyone. What'd you get me? Oh, I have what I ha- got you. I just haven't given it to you yet. I wonder if you have by the time this episode comes out. I hope so. Was it great? Did I love it? Yes, you did. You cried. Oh, I cried. Yeah, it was so moving. Wow. It was incredible. Wow. <laughs> You'd think I would have remembered that. <laughs> you would think. I don't really have much to contribute to today's episode because Jonathan's books that we were reading for this were dreadfully boring. <gasps> How dare you? But I do have some, just a tiny bit of paranormal news for you. Ooh, I definitely want to hear that. There is a British actress named Daisy May Cooper. I didn't know any of the shows that she was in because it's British. She sounds familiar. I'm not sure why. Have you ever heard of a British show on the BBC called This Country? Uh, I don't think so, no. Okay, well, that's what she's most famous for. She claims that her house is haunted. <gasps> oh, yes. It's a new build. No previous owners. No people live there for years putting their everything into the house. Nobody died in the house. Nothing of the sort. And the land was once a quarry. So nothing real crazy other than, you know, the stone tape theory stuff. Right, right. Her experiences started with one night sitting on the bed with her son. They had motion sensor lights in the hallway. And she heard the slapping of feet kind of running down the hall. And then the lights came on from the motion sensors, and she saw actual legs run past. Just legs? Just legs. She said they were the legs of children. They had athletic shorts on, and then the torso and up, it got blurry. Athletic shorts? hmm I mean, assuming she means like modern athletic shorts, that would be... Yeah, she said like gym shorts. Hmm. Something from the modern era. So she saw the legs and the blurry torso, and then it just vanished. And her dad at one point saw a man standing out by their hot tub and they ran outside because they assumed there was a trespasser and he just vanished. And she said they live on a lake. So unless he swam away, they would have seen him wherever he ran off to. Mm -hmm. They had some other things happen. Like they had a, a friend stay the night who was a cop and they heard plates crashing like somebody was throwing things. Uh huh. She actually called her police friends and said, I need you to send people over here. Somebody's in the house. And then, of course, nobody was there. Huh. She theorizes that since there's no past experience to the house, they are ghosts time traveling from the future, which is a theory I've never heard of. I can see why she would say that. I'm not sure that I go with that. I think it's more likely that they're, you know, you've got a man standing by the lake. You've got a, somebody running around barefoot, which would imply to me that they were swimming in the lake. You may have people who died in the lake. Yeah, that's a good point. She said something to do with the water and time travel that they correlate. And I was like, okay, well, I got to look more into this because I have no idea what she's talking about. It could be her or her son or her 
or her husband for that matter, that are drawing them in in some way. True. I'm not sure about the whole time traveler thing. Have you ever heard of time traveling ghosts before? Not really. Not like that. Hmm. There's a theory that ghosts are either time travelers, not in like, you know, they get in the DeLorean in time travel. (laughs) Like a time slip? Yeah, time slips or they're from, again, a different multiverse and they're just kind of overlapping and what we're seeing isn't really a ghost. Oh, maybe that's what she was meaning. I mean, I guess it's no more improbable than anything else, but that's a tough one for me. Well, I say we dig into that deeper and do an episode in the future on time slips because that sounds interesting. Yeah, there are some interesting time slip stories out there that have some, some validity to them in some way. And so, yeah, those are interesting. Coming soon. Are you ready to get? Are you ready to get cheery? Very. Is it possible to get cheery with gothic literature? It has a happy ending. Yeah. Okay. That's true. You usually end up with a dead guy at some point and dark, empty house, ghosts, graveyards, everything a gothic boy wants. You might want to tell the people what we're doing. Oh, my apologies. We're reading A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens. It's Christmas after all. We're reading it? Well, I read it. Oh, okay. I was like, wait, are you just going to read them the story? Once upon a time in a London far, far away. We're not putting the audience to sleep today, Jonathan, with your soothing voice. (laughs) One of us read it. Let me put it that way. I have read it in the past. And you know, honestly, if you even if you haven't read it, if you've seen any of a bazillion adaptations. I've seen Scrooged. Scrooged, okay, maybe not Scrooged. Hey, but... whoa, whoa, whoa. What's no, 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 wrong don't with get... Scrooged? Whoa, 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 don't get me wrong. It's one of my favorites. But in terms of adaptations go, it's not as close as some of the other ones is all I'm saying. I mean, maybe you don't have a magical fairy who hits you over the head in the other stories. but That one's supposed to be humorous and funny and that sort of thing. And there's not a lot of that in the original. Anyway, the book was published in 1843 and had a first run of about 6,000 copies. Wow. Christmas wasn't really celebrated as a festive holiday, but A Christmas Carol kind of helped usher in the age of Christmas as we know it today. Wow. I did not know that. Yeah, I didn't either. Some stuff I learned when I was looking at I don't really have sources for all my trivia because I looked around at different places and about a dozen of them had the same stuff. So. Tiny Tim was inspired by one of Dickens's brothers. He had a sickly brother known as Tiny Fred. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And he had another ill nephew that he kind of based it off of. Tiny Tim does roll off the tongue better than Tiny Fred. Yeah. Tiny Fred sounds like a cartoon character. Let's be real. He wrote it in about six weeks. Oh, wow. The story goes it was pretty quick. Dickens says he felt like the Cratchit family was pulling at his coat the whole time, and so he kept feeling like he had to go back and keep writing, and so he actually got it done pretty quick. Did he base the whole family off of anyone or just Tiny Tim? Yeah, from what I understand, some of the family was kind of based off of his family growing up. Some of the things that happened in the story were kind of based on things he was aware of. You know, you write what you know when you're an author, so. Right. He actually paid for the first publication costs of the first run of it. He ended up only making like 172 bucks off of it. That's probably a lot back then, though. 
Yeah, but, I mean, he could have made a lot more, but the problem is the first printings had gold letters stamped on the spine and on the covers, and the pages were gilded, and there was hand-painted illustrations, and so it was expensive to make. And so by the time you pay for all that and paid the actual publisher, he didn't make as much off of it as you know he could have. But I'm sure he made tons of off of it after that, because it's pretty much been in print since then. Yeah. During the 1988 version, the Scrooged version that you like, <laughs> Richard Donner fired the entire cast a couple of days before Christmas so that they wouldn't have to work over the holidays because they were filming it over. Oh, and then like rehired them. Yeah. And then hired him back after the holiday. Wow. That's really awesome. He was not a Scrooge. Yeah. Bobcat Goldthwait, who is the, you know, he's the guy with a shotgun in the story. He tells a story about it and says pretty much that he called them all into a room and said, you're fired. And they all cheered and <laughs> left. There's been no less than 70 television adaptations of this thing. I say television, but I mean film, television, animated versions, whether they're movies or TV specials or whatever they are. I'm sure every cartoon has done one, like The Simpsons. Yeah, they all have kind of a little send up to it in some way, you know, mm -hmm. or even if it's not a direct adaptation. The one that's considered the first adaptation was a short British silent film called Scrooge or Marley's Ghost that came out in 1901. The first television adaptation came out in 1949. It was called The Christmas Carol. Oh. There's an adaptation from 1997 where Scrooge is portrayed by a woman. It's called Miss Scrooge. I want to see that. Cicely Tyson plays Ebenita Scrooge. <laughs> I love that. The... Most expensive adaptation is the Jim Carrey version, which had an estimated budget of $200 million. Jim Carrey has a version? The Disney version of Scrooge? The Mickey Mouse? No, not the Mickey Mouse one. You haven't seen the Jim Carrey oh, version of Scrooge? Oh, yes, yes, yes. I remember the trailer for it. I don't think I've watched it, but I remember the poster with his very Scroogey face. Yeah, he does. He does most of the voices in it. It's a good version. All of them are pretty close to the book. You know, there's part where he's like sliding around on an icicle and all that kind of mm -hmm. stuff. That doesn't really happen, but that's more eye candy for a movie that's kind right. of geared towards children, you know, because it's a cartoon. It's a motion capture, kind of like, um, what was it? Uh, Polar Express was motion capture, you know? God, I hate that movie. What? I cannot. Emily and I left the theater. I can't believe you don't like Polar Express. I'm good. Okay. The book itself is divided into five. They're called staves in the book, which is funny because staves are kind of a fancy word for stanza, like in a poem, but they're much longer and not poems. But anyway, there are five chapters. Depending on which version you get, you're looking at a book that's about 110 to 120 pages. Again, depending on how big the font is. And the version I have is 144, not because it's actually any longer, but there's pictures throughout and things like that. I have an illustrated version. I don't have a lot of traditions that I do, but I read this book every year at Christmas. For your class or just personally? Just personally. You're adorable. <laughs> I've read this exact one the last three years because that's when I got this one. So for Christmas, you want me to get you like a first edition? Girl, if you can afford a first edition, <laughs> we can just quit our jobs and do this podcasting thing full tilt because there were only <laughs> 6,000 of those things and they were hand painted. I'm going to find one. Can't imagine what a first edition. Probably a lot. I will say the story is set in the 1840s and opened seven years after the death of Jacob Marley. 
in terms of talking about what happens in the book, there's really not a lot to say, and I'll tell you why. Unlike most adaptations when it comes to a book versus a movie, you know, they are night and day different. But if you've ever seen, you know, a version that's more of a set in the appropriate time, mm -hmm. it's probably, including the Jim Carrey version, it's probably pretty darn close. I would say that the Jim Carrey version, although I haven't seen it probably since last year, I would say that it's probably about 90% accurate when it comes to what's happening in the book. Some of the dialogues changed a little bit here and there, but, right, you know, and some of the action scenes that they add in for the sake of the movie aren't in the book, obviously. But for the most part, it's in there. What about Mickey's Christmas Carol? Gosh, I haven't seen that since I was a kid. Oh, it's the best one. I would bet, though, that it's probably pretty close because most of them are. You know, some of the most famous ones, there's the Albert Finney version, which would have been in the, I can't remember if that was the 70s or 80s. And then there's the George C. Scott version, also from that time period. Both of those are, even the Muppet version is pretty Oh, I accurate. forgot about the Muppets. That one is so good. I actually saw a meme today that said that, what is his name? Michael Caine, I think, plays uh -huh. the- He uh, plays Beetlejuice. No, that's Michael Keaton. Michael Caine is Batman? Christian Bale, Batman's- Butler? Albert, yeah. I think he's the guy who plays it. I'm, I'm kind of, I think it's Michael Caine. Now I got to Google it because I'm blanking right now. I just want you to know that I found something that says it's a first edition. Uh-huh. This one is gold, and it's $3,500. This is a first edition. I'm going to send you this so you can buy it. Oh, okay. I, well, I appreciate that. What was I saying? Oh, the we were talking about Michael Caine. Michael Caine, oh, yeah, yeah. Was a, there was a meme and that basically said, all the Muppets are going to do the Muppety things. And Michael Caine basically says, I'm going to play this as serious as a car accident. In fact, there's even a quote from him in one of the trivia things that basically said that he was going to play Ebenezer Scrooge as if he were playing it for the Shakespearean theater and be 100% in character, Ebenezer Scrooge, serious, no goofy, slappy, Muppety things. Right. He played it as if they were normal people in the room. Good. And Hell yeah. They were like, excellent. Do that. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you should be Scrooge. Yeah. You got to be mean and nasty. Or if you're lighthearted, then you're not Scrooge. You know, the, the transformation is more dramatic if you're. Even in the Mickey version, he wasn't funny or happy. Really? Yeah. The duck guy with all oh, the money. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes total sense that he would be that way. Yeah. That That's Scrooge McDuck. Well, there's a reason he's called Scrooge oh, McDuck. Oh, ding, ding, ding. Wow. All the bells are going off right now. The lights are coming on. Wow, my husband is going to think I'm an idiot, but that's fine. He probably already does. So yeah, there's not much to tell in terms of the book, but it's an awesome book. You know, is it a page turner? No, but it's a classic. It's no Carol Haunt. It's Christmas and ghosts. What more can you exactly. want? Exactly. That's exactly it. It's kind of a tradition. <laughs> so for me, it's a tradition. I read it every year. I'll post the um, I'll post a link to the Amazon uh, if you want to get a copy, but. I'm just posting a link to the one I read, but you don't have to get that one. Obviously, you can get whatever version you want. But I'll post a link um, to the first edition. The, yeah, there you go. Anybody <laughs> interested in spending 5K on a book? I can't believe it's only that much. There must be a lot of them still around if it's only that much. I don't know. It's kind of moldy, too. Well, I mean, it's 100 and what, 60 years old, 175 years old? No, like I'm that. not a mathematician. I just work in accounting. There. Oh, we have calculators there. Yes. Yes, we do. 
again, there's not a lot to tell you because chances are you already know what happened. You know, how many ghosts come and see Ebenezer Scrooge? Four. Four. So there you go. Uh huh. You should watch the Jim Carrey version. Okay. After we finish Harry Potter, we're doing a Harry Potter every Sunday night until Christmas Eve because then on Christmas Eve, it'll be the last Harry Potter movie. Well, that's dark and depressing for Christmas Eve. It's Harry Potter. Harry Potter is a Christmas movie. Also, it'll be the first time my kids have seen anything past Goblet of Fire. I'm just saying that all these dead people and, you know, defeating Voldemort in the end. Wow. Spoiler alert. Oh, I'm sorry. Hey, by the way, guess who dies? All of them. <laughs> Dumbledore. I mean, I watch Harry Potter every Christmas, too. Don't get me wrong. I just, okay. I'm not going to watch it Christmas Eve. I am. I want to cry. Just like you did when I gave you those gifts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That was a beautiful day for us. Hopefully your gift has arrived by now. I'm looking at your gift right now. Is it a boo buddy? Uh, no. Oh, well. I get, you got to save a big gift like that for a... 10-year anniversary. Don't hold your breath, baby, because we haven't got one year yet. All right, just so we're clear. <laughs> we're almost there, guys. We're almost there. This is our first Christmas episode. And we'll be in our one-year episode, like, four episodes from now. I mean, it goes fast. That's for sure. That's all we really have for you guys today. We just wanted to talk to you a little bit about Christmas ghosts and... And wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Yeah, and a Happy New Year. 2024 is going to be a great year, everybody. Have you seen a ghost on Christmas? Super awesome. It'd be great if you did. And if you have, you could always... Email us, opaghost at gmail.com. Or visit us on Instagram at Instagram.com slash ghost, Or join our Facebook group. And now we're also on YouTube. We have a bunch of YouTube shorts. I don't know how many we'll have up. Hopefully I get once I get all caught up, I'll start only posting about two or three times a week. Someday maybe we'll put our faces on there, but don't hold your breath. I got a face for radio. Thanks for listening. Toodles. <laughs> <laughs>